2: Coming that could really whip up the flames. And Surrey's mayor stumbles on a bridge that's about to be closed for the weekend. The Patello, too dangerous to even walk on.
3: You're watching Global BC.
2: This is Global News Hour at 6 williams lake on alert tonight watching the weather and the wildfire situation waiting to see what the weekend will bring and it doesn't look good right now details in a moment but good evening thanks for joining us after a relatively calm day in the bc interior the anxiety is rising a shift in the weather tomorrow is threatening to ramp up wildfire activity of key concern Williams Lake where there are a number of wildfires burning and while they are all a concern the first priority is the White Lake fire if the cold front moves in as expected and the winds pick up there are fears the fire could jump the river and reach the western edge of the city our Sophie Louis is in Williams Lake tonight and Sophie it is a worst case scenario are they prepared for it
4: well, they've been doing everything they can to get prepared for it, Chris. Uh, certainly the last few days of helped; that it's been calmer, uh, but They are definitely looking ahead to tomorrow and what those winds could bring. We're at the Williams Lake Airport right now where you can see all these tents behind me. This is the fire camp for all those fire crews. We have hundreds of firefighters here and support staff. This is where BC Wildfire Service houses or tents, if you will, all of these crews, a lot of them from BC, of course, but some crews in from provinces across Canada. And while more crews are still coming in each day, a lot of Williams Lake residents are leaving. It's an evacuation alert. But lots of folks not waiting for it to turn into an order, and it's not just residents who are leaving. While there are a few businesses sticking it out, others have closed their doors. And many of those who remain are volunteering their time, helping to make lunches for the RCMP and all the fire crews here. And while everyone is on high alert, there are obvious concerns. The, ro- the mood here remains optimistic.
5: There's been a lot of um, anxiety. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's also a lot of uh, unpredictability that is, I think, as thick as the smoke in this area.
6: If we were evacuated, we could leave within a half an hour. We're packed and ready to go. Well, they a lot of folks
4: have been packed and ready to leave within half an hour since that evacuation alert went out on Monday. Uh, down in Hundred Mile House, farther to the south of here, there are also concerns about what those about what those winds could bring tomorrow. Yesterday, crews managed to make some progress on the Gustafson fire. They carried out a controlled burn to help protect the mill, but today the area was smoked in, and that prevented an aerial attack from happening. There's also been concern about the fire crossing Highway 97, uh, but crews say well it has jumped the road several times they've managed to put it out each time for now the town of 100 mile house is still safe and it's still under police guard
7: we're always at the mercy of the weather hey it's uh, wind is so important to us sometimes we get way too much and sometimes we don't get enough and today we don't have enough Uh, we're really smoked in from not just this fire but other fires in the area so it's really dampening the effect that we can have with our our aerial resources
4: now farther to the west of Williams Lake, it's the Hansville complex, the Hansville fires. Uh, those are estimated to cover some 40,000 hectares. That is a massive fire that's burning there right now. And lots of small communities along Highway 20 there that are under an evacuation order, but there are some who are refusing to leave. You can hardly drive a kilometer right now without seeing flames along the side of Highway 20. One flare up after another, after another, making the firefight particularly challenging.
6: You think you kind of have it in the morning and then the winds pick up and it's so dry around these areas that once the wind carries
2: an ember to a dry pocket, it just starts flaring up, so at times you feel like you're playing whack-a-mole.
4: On the ground and in the air, the fight is constant. Helicopters back and forth, bucketing the thousands of hectares on fire below. And if it's not burning now, that's because it's already burnt. Scorched earth as far as the eye can see. The aftermath of this. The, the Hansville fires roared in over the weekend. This terrifying drive captured as some residents fled. It was so scary because you could just see it. I'm like, okay, I could see it from my porch. But not all the locals have left. About 350 members of the Anaheim First Nation defying the evacuation order, vowing to stay on and save their community.
5: We've saved probably about 15 homes to date from our own community. For a community like this uh, central rural community, British Columbia, if we, we
2: lose those homes, it's almost impossible for us to to, to replace them.
4: It's been a challenge, to say the least. A three-day power outage has meant spoiled food, provisions being brought in each day to feed those left behind. The Anaheim people haven't lost any homes yet, but just down the highway, the iconic Lee's Corner Store is gone.
0: It was big news that this got hit, and Mm -hmm. it's quite devastating.
4: Part of the new landscape locals will have to get used to once the flames are out and the smoke has finally cleared. Now, that Hansville fire prompted another evacuation order to be uh, put in place last night in the area of Highway 20. Uh, That brings uh, the number to about 34,000, 32 to 34,000 people in the Caribou Regional District who are under evacuation alert or order, Chris. So uh, tens of thousands of people affected, tens of thousands of people on uncertain ground right now. Uh, And it's going to last for a while yet, and again, tomorrow really being the big day Coming up a little bit later tonight on the news hour, we're going to show you some of the damage from the 150-mile fire.
2: Chris? Y- yeah, and the hot spots they're still trying to put out up there. Look forward to seeing that. Thanks very much, uh, Sophie and Williams Lake, for us. Well, let's bring in meteorologist Christy Gordon right now with details of that cold front that's expected to come through on Saturday and what that looks like for folks up there. Christy?
8: Thanks, Chris. So the winds will begin to pick up actually tomorrow morning, but the strongest winds will hit in the afternoon as a cold front swings across the region with gusts up to about 50 kilometers an hour, potentially more in a few localized areas. Then conditions will get tricky. In behind the front, the wind will actually shift direction and the winds will be strong well into the evening hours. And the front comes with very little rain and a risk of thunderstorms.
2: All right, we'll hope for the best. Uh, and they have prepared as much as they can for the worst up there. Thanks very much, Christy. We'll check in later. Now, the man who killed RCMP Constable Sarah Beckett in a drunk driving crash is going to jail for four years. Kenneth Fenton pled guilty to impaired driving causing death and dangerous driving causing death. Jill Bennett explains how his plea likely factored into the length of his sentence.
9: Kenneth Jacob Fenton arrives for sentencing, having earlier entered guilty pleas to two counts in the April 2016 death of RCMP Constable Sarah Beckett. Friends and family members of Sarah Beckett also arrived to fill the courtroom, but according to one prosecutor, they made it clear after justice was not served. In this case, it's clear that the family and the friends and the colleagues of Constable Beckett have experienced a profound loss. Kenneth Fenton was sentenced to four years behind bars for causing the crash in the early morning hours of April 5th, 2016. Constable Beckett was hit with such force after Fenton's pickup ran a red light. She died just moments later. While delivering his sentence, the judge cited several aggravating factors. Fenton's high level of impairment at the time, the fact he was driving 76 to 90 kilometers an hour before the crash, and that he killed an on-duty police officer. But the judge also noted Fenton has shown remorse, has no criminal record, and has not consumed alcohol since he was charged.
7: He took into consideration his very, very early guilty plea and taking of responsibility. Um, It's very obvious that he... uh, carefully listened to both sides as to what we felt were aggravating and mitigating circumstances.
9: The judge also told the court there is no sentence he could deliver that would ease the pain and suffering for those who knew and loved Beckett. She was a young mother of two young boys. She had just returned to work from maternity leave.
1: We're all human beings, even in the police force. Uh, It's it's a hard day. Uh, There's no question about it.
9: Fenton will also be banned from driving for five years once he has completed his prison sentence. Jill Bennett, Global News, Colwood.
2: It has taken hours to clean up this mess on Highway 1 through Langley after two major accidents shut it down for most of the day. And the westbound lanes are still closed right now. The most serious accident involving three semi-trailers a commercial vehicle and a van leaving gasoline and debris scattered across the highway. Another crash involving two cars not far away added to the headaches for drivers. A total of seven people were taken to hospital with minor injuries. Police say neither speed nor alcohol appear to have been involved, and the earliest for reopening, we've heard, is 7 30. Metro Vancouver's most controversial bridge is in the news again. The Patullo Bridge will close for repairs at 9 tonight. And it won't reopen until 5 o'clock Monday morning. This latest closure has local mayors once again pushing for the aging span to be replaced before it has to be permanently shut down. Global's Ted Chernecki is in New Westminster with that story tonight. Ted.
3: Yeah, this bridge is about 30 years past. It's designed shelf life and Taxpayers have been paying about $50 million since 1999 just fixing potholes and they reappear soon after they're fixed, which is why they, the bridge is being closed this weekend. It is open to emergency vehicles and pedestrians, but pedestrians beware. Surrey's mayor got an up-close personal look at some of the many problems work crews deal with every day on the Patolo. She was part of a media tour to illustrate why the bridge needs to be shut down all weekend from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Monday.
1: This, this is the original sidewalk that was cast in in the 1930s. So it was probably cast with the rebar very close to the
3: surface. That's caused this to, to spall off. It doesn't take long to see many of the problems with this crossing. Even driving over it, the flaws are obvious, more so if you walk the span, and that's not the half of it.
1: We're in the most constrained part of the river here. It's, it's at its narrowest. It's on a curve. You've got, you've got the, uh, the rail bridge very close to us as well, it's got got an influence on, on our
4: bridge. You can see that we're throwing, I'm going to call it throwing good money after bad, because we keep putting millions of dollars into this bridge, and quite frankly,
10: we just have to get on with the business of constructing a new one.
3: But how to pay for a new bridge that's tagged at one billion dollars? Tolls may be part of it, because the NDP didn't promise to eliminate tolls forever just for now, until something more fair could be worked out.
1: Well, it's an important bridge for the region. It makes major connections for freight and goods movement and and motorists, Um, but it's 30 years beyond its useful life, and we need to get on with replacing this bridge.
4: By the year
10: 2023, it's uh, it's critical that a new bridge is up and done and constructed, and we're, we're all traveling in a way that is much safer.
3: Aside from the traffic inconvenience, is also the noise issue, and TransLink is promising to mitigate that by turning off those backup beepers on trucks, for example, and not jackhammering at night and things like that. But ultimately, the real solution is a new bridge, and the sooner the better.
2: All right, Ted, thanks very much. It's going to be a tough weekend for a lot of drivers. We've got some breaking news now in Vancouver's West End at an apartment where a double homicide occurred last weekend, but it has been an active crime scene on and off. Paul Johnson is live outside the building tonight. And Paul, I understand police were called back there today.
1: Yeah, that's right, Chris. Uh, Vancouver police have been back on the scene here at the Ocean Towers building in English Bay where that terrible double murder happened over the weekend. They clearly appear to be doing uh, some more investigative work here. We've been able to see them through the windows, walking the halls, knocking on doors and talking to people. We've tried to reach out to them to see if they can give us an update on exactly what is going on tonight, but they haven't responded as of yet. Now, police did make an arrest after these murders and said they believed there was no further danger to the public. But just a short time ago, a woman came out of the building and she identified herself as the president of the building's strata. And she said that man who had been arrested is actually a resident of this building and that he's been released and he's back in the building. She was clearly quite alarmed by this and we presume some of the other residents are too so a big question tonight at this point if the primary suspect has been released as the residents are saying um, what does that say about the status of this guy being their suspect has their case against him evaporated We're still trying to get those questions answered at this point. But a 57-year-old woman and a 51-year-old man were stabbed to death in this building over the weekend. So a very serious crime, Chris.
2: Mm -hmm. Troubling for those residents as well. We'll see if there's more information coming up from police. Thanks, Paul. Well, it's not exactly a high school brawl, but the cast of Riverdale did get into an argument during filming that was caught on video.
11: Our production in there is we can't film anything.
2: The actor who plays Jughead in the popular TV series gets into an argument in downtown Vancouver with a busker who was spoiling the scene. Watch her reaction when the crew tells her to quit playing and move along in just over a minute. It's the stuff horror movies are made from mind-boggling quantities of goo. The creatures that caused it coming up on the News Hour. And wait till you see how far Jaguar is willing to go to sell its new SUV. That's coming up as well. Now, was it a case of a busker standing her ground just trying to make a few bucks, or a scam designed to extort money from a Hollywood production company? That's the debate tonight after a confrontation caught on video in downtown Vancouver. Romina Dea reports. And then some
10: scam artists come out. Excuse me? Excuse me? The confrontation... Not part of the script. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse but the drama quickly drew an audience at the Vancouver Art Gallery Wednesday night. We're begging
11: you. Our production in there is we can't film anything.
10: Cole Sprouse, a well known actor from the Netflix series Riverdale, asks busker Babe Cole to stop playing so they could film a scene. But the street performer stands her ground. So you guys came into my, where I perform?
3: So you can't call me a scam artist. He walked
10: right up to her, didn't even stop for the fans or anything, just ignored them. This witness posted the video online. Sahara's take on the incident. Um, The crew um, tried compensating her, but she was asking for a higher price. So they refused. And that's when she started playing louder and annoying them. According to city bylaws, Cole, whose real name is Megan Regeer, doesn't need a permit to busk at this location. But she may have been breaking city bylaws because a witness says it was after 10 p.m. Our attempt to get coal side of the story backfired. On her Twitter account, she stated she's not doing media interviews. The, the crooner, not afraid to fight for her right to busk. She sued the city of Vancouver and the city of North Van in recent years.
8: You guys are so cheap and
10: rude. The singer claims she was detained unlawfully. Vancouver police say no arrests were made, but the incident has been documented. Romina Dea, Global News.
2: Still to come, what's left when the fire roars through. We're in it for the long haul here. The challenge to put out hot spots before the wind picks up again tomorrow. And the Florida sinkhole that seems to be swallowing a whole neighborhood. Coming up. Sophie Louis is in Williams Lake again tonight, where smoke has been a problem all day. Sophie, you've been covering these wildfires all week. And today, wildfire services uh, took some of you out to get a look at the damage around that area. What'd you see?
4: Yeah, a lot of these places are closed to the public, Chris, because, of course, evacuation orders are in effect for some of the neighborhoods surrounding Williams Lake. So today, we managed to get a first hand look at some of the damage caused by the 150 mile fire. Uh, take a look at this damage. It is pretty uh, pretty intense. The flames as you can see burning right up to the doorsteps of some homes. Uh, this one uh, y- what they managed to save but others were consumed by the fire as many as four in the 150 mile of fire I understand. Uh, the fire camp as you saw behind me is set up here at Williams Lake Airport. It's taking care of hundreds of firefighters and support staff who are working long long days and many of them in a row to fight these fires and as we mentioned earlier they're now preparing for those high winds forecast for tomorrow. So they are all still out of control and um, they vary from sort of 40 to 60 percent contained and um, just still trying to hit everything we can. We've got 20, 25 helicopters, I think, working on them today with uh, additional air support with tankers or other support if, if required. And one of the biggest fires, Chris, that crews are fighting is the Ashcroft Reserve Fire. It, of course, devastated Boston Flats and is now heading north toward Clinton. Our Lynn Collier went to the front line today where crews are dealing with the terrain,
6: fighting the terrain and the oppressive heat.
11: Keep leapfrogging and just remember your escape routes.
6: Safety is a top priority fighting a wildfire. It's a hot, physical, unrelenting job. The front line of the fire is fought by hand.
11: We got right into burning alongside the BC crews Uh, it was a really big eye-opener. It's hot out there, it's dry, Um, we're just really trying to monitor everyone and make sure they're drinking lots of water and Gatorade. You monitor yourself and we always have that
8: heat exhaustion in the back of our mind.
1: What I'm really proud of most on the crew is that they really look out for each other. Uh, We hear them talking about not only ensuring that they're hydrated themselves but um, making sure each other are drinking water and resting accordingly.
6: Their days start early and can last anywhere from 16 to 20 hours. All the crews have a briefing in the morning and set out their plan for the day. This wildfire is proving to be exceptionally demanding.
11: The three components of fire fire behaviour are um, topography, so what the lay of the land is, weather, uh, temperature, wind, that kind of thing, and fuel. So what we have here in this area is a combination of of all those that make it quite challenging. We're not used to the terrain. Uh, We live in swamp country where you can pump water out of basically anywhere.
6: A lot of people wonder why, with almost 200 crew members fighting the Ashcroft Reserve fire, why it's not under control yet. Well, one of their biggest challenges is water getting it to the fire. This hose was carried by hand more than a kilometer to a lake just to bring water in to fight this fire.
11: We're in it for the long haul here. Um, These fires like these are a marathon, they're not a sprint. uh, certainly our our number one priority is to secure the piece of the fire line around the community um, and and look at getting folks back into their, into their homes.
6: The Ashcroft Reserve wildfire raged initially, covering several kilometers of land in only a few hours. The fire guards the crews have established are keeping it away from nearby communities, but wind and more hot weather in the forecast means none of the crew will be going home anytime soon. Lynn Collier, Global News, Cache Creek.
4: Same story here, Chris, for the crews who are fighting the fires around Williams Lake. Uh, They're in here for the next while, for sure. Now, Canada's Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan stopped by Kamloops for a visit today. Sajjan and MLA Todd Stone visiting Thompson Rivers University, where they took a moment to talk with evacuees. Sajjan confirming today, Canadian forces are on standby.
3: Canadians should know that uh, all resources will be made available from, from the military side of things, and we will always anticipate and be there early if needed. But we have to be mindful that the coordination has to be done at the provincial level. They have the right expertise uh, for it to making sure that all the assets are in the right area.
4: Well. There is lots of help pouring in from all over B.C. to the interior, Chris, and from other provinces as well. As I mentioned, we have crews here uh, from provinces across Canada, uh, all camped out here at Williams Lake Airport. And as Lynn mentioned, they're working very long days. Uh, Some of the guys are evacuees themselves. So it's a tough fight for them out uh, in the forest there, also knowing that their homes are on the fire line as well.
2: No doubt. Thanks very much, Sophie, and we wish the best for those crews and everybody in and around Williams Lake as the weekend comes. Well, more news now. What could be a miracle for a BC mom who's been running out of time? It feels like I just have to say goodbye. The province heard that public plea for help, making an experimental cancer treatment possible and some creepy cargo what spilled all over the road in oregon well we should warn you right off the top if you're at all squeamish when it comes to things that slither this might not be for you a traffic accident in oregon was one for the history books leaving a busy highway covered with
5: wriggling slime
11: a truck driver carrying 7,500 pounds of eel
5: it was unbelievable
11: slips up behind the wheel.
5: I didn't know what it was, was these these big tanks, and then I looked down and it's like, looks like fish.
11: Along Highway 101 near Lincoln City, a 1993 Mitsubishi truck carrying 13 containers loaded with hagfish had trouble navigating through a construction zone.
5: I don't know if he didn't see it or or whatever, but he kept coming and, and so to miss the the ODOT truck, which was turning in front of him, he whipped out and, and he did right in front of the car, which was the first car, and, and so he lost one of the one of the big tanks.
11: That big tank and all that fish went flying across the highway, causing a chain reaction.
5: It flew off and hit the hit that car, and that pushed that car into the three cars and into the front line.
11: Kevin White, who was innocently in the middle of it all, says he's thankful no one was hurt.
5: I had no choice but to get out and I was walking in it and <laughs> it was ugly.
11: And Aaron Butler had a near miss with all that fish.
10: On the ground, it was still moving. I mean, it was there was liquid eels and all over the road. Um, and it was very frightening. So these
11: are actually hagfish, nicknamed slime eel. They get that nickname because you can see here, they secrete slime whenever they're under stress, making the cleanup that much more difficult. And while that cleanup continues, so too does the investigation. We're told charges are pending for that truck driver.
5: It's all the things I see on YouTube of accidents happening. It's like, this really just happened.
11: Andrew Dimbert, Six News.
2: Dozens of residents of a Florida neighborhood are worried they'll lose their homes to that giant sinkhole that's already destroyed two houses. This was first reported as a small depression under a boat which had already consumed the boat by the time firefighters arrived fifteen minutes later it seems to be dormant right now but nine homes have been evacuated and power has been cut to a hundred more a good news update now in health matters to the story we told you earlier this week of a bc mother racing against time to get a special cancer treatment twenty nine year old leah weeb has an aggressive form of leukemia and doctors have given the mother of two only weeks to live well, there is hope in the form of a new treatment in Seattle called CAR-T cell therapy, but at a cost of more than a half a million dollars, it was out of reach. Tonight, the family has learned the Ministry of Health will pay for the treatment, and with that nearly $300,000 raised for the family through the Caring website, they are expected to travel to Seattle next week. When they finally saw the letter uh, from the Ministry of Health, it was like the the, a huge weight was taken off of my daughter's shoulders and uh, she saw it's real it's gonna happen. And we wish Leah and her family their very best with that treatment. BC's financial windfall from a well-known movie franchise The War for the Planet of the Apes and its huge benefits far beyond entertainment right here in BC and Meet the Twins The first pictures of Beyonce and her new babies. Some breaking news for you now and an update on that Highway 1 crash that has closed westbound lanes in between 248th Street and 264th for about eight hours today. They finally reopened those lanes just a couple of minutes ago. It took them all day to do it, but Highway 1 east or sorry, westbound now clear. Okay, let's bring in Christy Gordon now. A lot of people watching the weather forecast through the weekend Uh, And when only smoke is in the forecast, you know it's serious.
8: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Before I move on, Chris, quickly, participation Helping Canada Celebrate 150 Years by Presenting 150 Ways to Stay Fit. And today's suggestion for you is Sandcastle Building. And you can do that this weekend. so, Chris, we're going to talk about tomorrow, but first I wanted to give you an idea of what they're contending with weather-wise right now in some of these areas. Williams Lake, for starters, as you mentioned, at the airport right now, they're reporting smoke as the weather condition, just to give you an idea of how bad it is. And the majority of that smoke seems to be 100 mile house north into Williams Lake, over towards Quinnell as well. 27 degrees. They did see some brief wind gusts this afternoon, but generally the winds have been lighter, not that gusty. They've been allowed, allowing the Crews to sort of get the upper hand. Relative humidity at only 17%. In Vancouver right now, we're at 50%, just to give you perspective on how dry that is. The driest spot in the province, though, right now, ashcroft, 9% humidity. It is hot, it is dry, so 33 degrees, and the winds have picked up through the afternoon hours. They're at 40 kilometer an hour winds right now, so it is tough, but the good news is those winds have helped clear the skies out. It's mainly sunny, the crews are able to get above. Uh, some of those fires and see those hot spots. Now, uh, as we head into tomorrow, we talked about the winds across all areas. Oh, by the way, this is really where the wind gusts are focusing in right now. You can see just affecting the Ashcroft fire. Meanwhile, much lighter in all of the other hot spots. These are the 22 um, hot spots or sort of fires of note right now across the province. The winds are going to spread across all of these areas tomorrow, as we talked about, because of this cold front. It will push in through the morning hours. The peak winds will happen. And through the afternoon, southwest up to 50 kilometers an hour. Then the winds will sh- shift in the evening, still strong but becoming northwesterly and very little rain associated with this. North and west of Williams Lake, a risk of thunderstorms as well. Areas south of there, hot, dry, and windy. So there's your focus and for tomorrow with winds, uh, sorry, with the rain across the northwest. Windy, hazy through Prince George, quinell slight risk of a thunderstorm. Meanwhile, across the south, windy, hot, and dry. Not as hot as what it was today, which is good news, but still very, very dry and uh, hot. Now, South Coast region, we continue with dry weather right through the next uh, couple of days. You can see still no rain in sight. And tonight's weather window, Chris, a terrific shot from Barb Woodburn. Interesting last name for this in Ashcroft. Thanks, Barb, for that one. And it is Friday. We had lots of photos from Prince George, Quinnell showing the smoky skies. Our We Love Water Wednesday shot of Ken and this great shot of the bear uh, getting into the hummingbird feeder. And I picked the bear shot just to lighten our spirits a little bit. Thanks to Andy Jones for that one.
2: A little snack in the That's backyard right. there. All right, thanks very much. Beautiful pictures around the province this week, obviously. Another blockbuster movie is opening today with a major B.C. connection. War for the Planet of the Apes was shot almost entirely in B.C. It's getting some rave reviews from critics. And as John Waugh reports... The economic reviews for BC are equally glowing. Prepare
12: for battle. The movie might have turned our beautiful province into a post-apocalyptic war zone. I fight only to protect the apes. But these dirty apes help bring in some major dollars to BC. It's
10: when you actually like sit down and look at add it all up. It is quite amazing. And one.
12: The War for the Planet of the Apes, shot mostly in this province, was an epic production lasting 181 days, hitting 52 locations from Richmond to Uclulet, leading to a blockbuster economic benefit of more than $81 million.
10: When you're working in multiple locations like this, that's a lot of people in a variety of different communities that are impacted by, by a film of this scale.
12: To give a better production spending picture, $3.6 million went to local construction supplies, $1.6 million on location fees, and hotels checking in another $1.2 million. Are there more like you? In fact, there were. All three parts of the Planet of the Apes reboot shot in this province, when production could have run off to somewhere else.
10: This movie is a great signature to actually demonstrate the The caliber of stuff that's coming out of British Columbia and the talent that we have here that they can stay here.
12: From green screen technology to post production, Creative BC says it's our people that keeps them coming back. Which means the benefit for local businesses will only continue to climb. John Hua Global News. That looks so freaky, doesn't it? A crew in London has
2: made automotive history by duplicating one of the most famous car stunts in movie history. That's the new Jaguar E-Pace, successfully completing a jump with a 270 degree barrel roll. It's the first production car ever to do so. If it looks familiar to people of a certain age, Well, the stunt is best known from the James Bond movie, The Man with the Golden Gun. More recently, the TV show Top Gear also completed a barrel roll with an M.G. Maestro, although the landing wasn't exactly what you'd call clean. Full disclosure, of course, the Jaguar jump was a PR stunt for its new compact SUV, but it's still pretty cool. Uh, If you haven't heard by now, Beyonce blew up the internet yet again today, this time with the first picture of her twins. The caption says... Sir Carter and Rumi one month today. It's not clear if this shot was taken a month ago or if the children were born a month ago as the couple didn't officially announce the birth. Beyonce's dad uh, mentioned it on Twitter when the kids were born, but... Not exactly a modest...
8: I do find oh, right it all. interesting. You can barely see the babies.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's more, <laughs> barely, it's more about Queen B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Squire joins us now. How are yeah, you?
7: Yeah, well, I'm pretty good. Uh, big game tonight. Canada, Honduras, which means another appearance by Alfonso Davies. Is he the, healthy? I. They say he's good. I mean, he turned his ankle against Costa Rica, but they uh, they say he's good for this one. And in the show tonight, we will look further at the growing legend of Alfonso Davies.
2: Oh, I thought there was a I there was sound there. thought there was a clip. There.
1: Do we have the clip? He has an infectious way about him that that uh, people enjoy.
7: Yeah, so look at the people around the rise of the 16-year-old
2: phenom. And, of course, it's been a long week. Even the B.C. Lions are celebrating Friday. Their dance moves coming up in satellite debris. Yeah. And... Uh, Yeah, very interested to see what this young soccer phenom can do for Canada now. On a bum ankle.
7: Well, yeah, I don't know how... Of course, he's 16. Yeah. 16-year-olds heal rather quickly. They do. And they're very bendy at that age. (laughs) Um, Canada is in a great position to make the knockout stage at the CONCACAF Gold Cup of Soccer. Just a tie against Honduras tonight would be enough. And the main reason, well, yeah, I think the main reason they're in this position is because of the sixteen year old whom the White Caps have developed, Alfonso Davies, the wonder kid of not only the White Caps, but now Canada's national team.
0: Alfonso Davies is giving Canada's national team something they haven't had in decades, an adrenaline shot of excitement. The goals he's scored have showed off his skill, finish, and flair for the dramatics. To give that kind of performance at age 16 is jaw-dropping.
1: Every time he has an opportunity to to get to the next level, he doesn't just get to the next level and contribute. He actually is one of the... Better contributors. He's got the speed to get clear.
0: A of, of course, no one wants to heap the future of Canadian soccer on one teenager's shoulders, but why not get excited? He's got an it factor that's rarely been seen in Canada. A super talent who's humble, yet has a personality that just pulls his teammates along.
1: He has an infectious way about him that... that uh, People enjoy, and and that's a big bonus because sometimes good players have eagles, but he doesn't have that.
0: Davy's story is well documented, coming to Canada from war torn Ghana when he was just five. He's always been thankful for getting a new lease on life in Canada, and you can see that zest for life on and off the pitch. That's Davies hamming it up with his Billet family, the Hansons. He's lived with them since coming to Vancouver a couple of years ago. They're a soccer family with two teenagers who provide Alfonso with a comfortable home environment.
8: There's so much on their schedule that he just, when he turns off, he just needs to goof off with, and be himself and be um, a teenager. And I think having the team my kids around helps him a lot um, and his friends that play soccer as well. I think it just helps him to just wind down and turn off.
0: His best friend, Gloria Amanda, who he grew up with in Edmonton and plays for the White caps FC2 squad, sees another side of Davies that you don't see in every 16 year old integrity. This
3: for me the one thing that impresses me the most is how he doesn't that he doesn't let that change him as a person. And it's it's incredible
8: to see. It's so surreal because I just see him still as a 16-year-old. You know, he leaves a mess like my kids do at home. And so it's pretty pretty incredible where he's at right now.
7: Very delayed global sports. As long as he scores goals, he can leave all the messes he wants. Sorry, Mrs. Hanson. The Lions are in Hamilton tomorrow. Third straight road game. They won the first two of this three-game road trip in Toronto and Montreal. So what is Wally Buono's code of the road secret? Well,
5: part of it is just staying focused and, and not creating excuses. I mean, you know, if you give an athlete an excuse and uh, he'll take it. You know, my mind is, hey, we, we're not going to give you excuses, uh, whether it's rest, uh, whether it's how we travel, uh, you know, whether it's what we expect. Uh, you know, road at home, what's the difference?
7: All right, Roger Federer. Is he going to go to the uh, Wimbledon final? Thomas Burdich, all that stood in his way today at the semis. Last of the big four still around. And only that big four has won the Wimbledon title since 2003. Either Federer, Djokovic, Nadal or Murray. Federer has a great chance to keep that streak going on Sunday. U.S. Women's Open played at his golf course. And now when he shows up, he has a lot of people with him. Donald Trump. Canada's Brooke Anderson, 50 feet away. Birdie on the par 315th. She's at minus three. That's tied for 10th. Five shots behind the leader, San Feng of China.
2: There you go. What a putt. Okay. Thanks Great very player. much. Yeah. Thanks, choir. Andrew is here now with a preview of Global News at 11 tonight. Am. Eh?
11: Thanks, Chris. And a wildfire is burning tonight in Glacier National Park near Golden. We want to show you some video just into our newsroom. You can see the flames and huge plumes of smoke. Temperatures are in the low 30s there today, and the winds are brisk. And we'll tell you about the Burnaby firefighters on their way to Williams Lake to help with a firefight going on there. We'll have more on that story and so much more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Chris?
2: All hands on deck fighting those fires, especially this weekend. Okay, thanks very much, Ann. When we come back, Squires teed up satellite debris. Christie's about to get uncomfortable because <laughs> football players dancing. Football players dancing. Well, <laughs> oh, sometimes not- they're not.
7: It's not always great dancing, but there is some. Well, they do dance in the end zone after they score a touchdown, a lot Mm -hmm. of them. No,
8: I know. I think that's the part. It's just...
7: (laughs) Okay. Well, see if you like this dancing. This was the Lions today in Hamilton. They're playing there tomorrow, and they had a little dance-off. So at com. they filmed it, sent it to us, and we thought we'd show you. Nick Moore kicks it off. Now, the kicker usually isn't known... As a dancer, right here's moves. Taiwan. Look at him.
8: <laughs> I just get a little embarrassed.
7: I think he's embarrassed oh. too. Actually, now that you mention it.
8: No, that was good. Good move. <laughs> the best
7: is coming up, though. The best is yet to come. Oh yeah, Frederick Shangnon.
8: There's always one of those in the group. <laughs> Come on, that's
7: on one leg, <laughs> not easy. Some of these guys can't get their legs that high, but this is the best, Andy Vandervoort. This- now that is athleticism. Not bad. Yep. Good. not Popped right up too. And artistic, good artistic merit there. Okay, so here's a new commercial um, from Mitsubishi, which has uh, one of their vehicles driving through an apocalypse for a reason that I think we can all appreciate. <laughs>
2: Best burger in town. Best burger in town. I need it now. Best burger in town. Well, it's a little, little place that I found out with my friends. And I always cross the city to get it. Pickles, mayo, bread and cheese. In the middle, a gorgeous meat. I can't live without you. You're my favorite. Best burger in town, the best burger in town. I need it now. The best burger in town. Well, it's a little little place that I found out with my friends, and I always cross the city to get in.
9: Sx Flex
3: 2018. La frente.
2: Did you find the... Uh, catchy. Not really. There's a reference to it from the uh, from the How I Met Your Mother soundtrack. I don't know. So, okay.
7: Sounded pretty good, well, we'll, we'll look it up. We'll see if we can get that and put it on our mixtape. Okay, so a uh, couple of commercials here. Uh, one we have shown in the past, but I, I loved it so much. I think we'll show it again. It's also musical. And this one from Maltesers.
6: Hello. Hi. Oh, Oh, look, it's us. Oh, hi, Neil. Hi, Annie. (laughs) Oh, no, what's happening? Oh, that's me leaving because I saw you kissing Tracy Dawson outside the office. No, I... That's a shame, and that's you going to live with your mum. Bye, Neil. (laughs) Off you go. (laughs) Hmm.
2: took one
9: look at you and it was plain to see you were my destiny you don't open wide. It's even better when it's free. 95% of the nation's top TV, no monthly cost.